Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at Earsports.com. Friday morning here with Chris Anderson, our customary preview podcast, getting everybody ready for North Texas basketball as expected <laughs> at 3 p.m. Um, th- this is this is the I don't want to say it's the cherry on the Sunday here because it's not. This is the punctuation mark um, at the end of this 2020 football season. Also starting, I guess not starting the sentence, but certainly adding colorful language to the beginning of the sentence that college basketball is writing in this this anthology right now, too. Um, I have a, a Hey Bob posted on the front page. I'll ask you, Chris, what are we doing here? Just trying to make anything work, I guess. I, I don't know. This is this is this is very a very strange week. Um, but I'll say this: before the year, we thought almost every week. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to say we. I thought, and I think a lot of other people thought there would be several weeks like this. Mm-hmm. Like the, the the whole season might be like this, just just in chaos, not sure what's going to happen when. Switching games at the last minute, cancellations, postponements, all that, and we got nine games in. I think yeah. I can't. I, I I know you asked this question. I can't remember the number you gave me before the year started, and the plan was in place for ten games. I know you asked me how many of those. 10, what's the over under on how many games are actually played? And I can't remember what it was, but you know we were having those discussions, and it certainly wasn't. You know the over under wasn't certainly certainly wasn't nine. I think, uh, you know, so to get nine and have as little issues that West Virginia had up until the last couple of weeks is is good. But, you know, it, it's a sucky way to end for football. And for basketball, it's just frustrating for the same daggum reasons it was frustrating for football. Even after they got to watch football screw this up the entire time. And then basketball just says, you know, instead of, Making changes, trying different things, figuring out a way to you know to make it work and be safer and do pods and all this other stuff. They just said, "Hey, I got a plan. We'll shorten the season three games, and then do everything else exactly the same." Sound good? <laughs> no, it doesn't sound good. So of course this was going to happen with basketball. It's it's just frustrating to watch when they had such such a long runway of, of, to, to to prepare for this. I have, I have so many thoughts, and I think we'll probably spill them out here, but in the next, I don't know, however long we talk here, but I just, boy, I, I think football was a success. There's no way that you could say it's not. I th- our over-under is eight and a half, by the way. We both sit over. So, good there. Oh. Um, it's just unfortunate that it went it went south at the end of the, the, the season here, and you can't end things the way you wanted to, but that also overlaps to the beginning of basketball. And, and like, there's a lot of people who do say, Hey, they played X number of games, or they're playing so many games. Yeah, but you're you're just seeing you're just seeing cancellations and postponements all over the place, and that's right around the time where people worried and warned. Because what we said back in September, August, July was, I'm more worried about the basketball season than the football season at this point. I know I said that, and a lot of people said that because they were worried, concerned, alert to the fact that the numbers could peak in November into December and then be pretty scary on the holiday season and then that's that's happened so that just makes me 
that makes my antenna go up about as to what may happen next. Cause I don't know enough about this when I listen to what people say and I just kind of figure that they know more than I do. And when it's coming to fruition, that, that is kind of worrisome, but I don't think anybody's advocating to, to cancel the college basketball season here or to cancel the rest of football season here. I think a lot of people are watching happen and go, well, this is really unfortunate, which I think is a fine reaction to this. Cause it is unfortunate. And there's a, a camp of people who say this needs to be broken up and paused and started later, you know, move it back. To, I've seen credible college coaches say, why don't we just start in March and, and have May Madness or something like that? You know, do something small to get to an NCAA tournament. Because you have, like, for the longevity and the prosperity of the NCAA, you have to have an NCAA tournament this year. You can do it. It doesn't have to be in March. No. May Madness. Sell T-shirts. Brand it. Trademark it. Get yourself some money off of all that merchandising or whatever. You know, recoup maybe what you lost a little bit. There's There's ways to do it to make it work, but... Um, this this hit home this week because you lose a senior day, you lose a home game, and you're you're really kind of jerking around your basketball team here. There's a lot that's happened already. Like they've flown to South Dakota to play a tournament, which is the, the worst place in the world to play. They canceled a game. They hastily arranged a game against the number one team in the country. The number one team in the country then promptly shut down team activities and canceled four games. Canceled a second game. Gave themselves 24 hours notice for another game which is the one today, this afternoon, and that's not even two days away from playing a really good Richmond team at home. But, oh, by the way, pause team activities two weeks ago. They weren't even sure they are going to get this game in on Sunday. There's a lot going on. It's very dizzying. I feel for fans. I feel for spectators. I feel for reporters. I mostly feel for the people who were involved in trying to have to do this stuff because I, I absolutely believe you're seeing to take grip on football teams and players. And I wonder what it's going to be like after you know 20 more of these possibilities for basketball it's going to be a long and winding road uh quick tangent uh if you'd like to purchase the maymadness.com domain it's for sale ten thousand bucks mike you got you got some pennies in your pocket we, we might delete that part out <laughs> just go do it it's available so, some entrepreneur out there has already snatched it up and is, is reselling for ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars um yeah the the man you could tell from Neil Brown's comments oh. last week that, you know, or earlier in the week that this was just wearing on the team and it was just exhausting. And we've heard stories kind of leak out um, throughout the year from parents and family members of being like, you know, you have no idea what these kids are going through. They, they, after the game and we've, we've heard people, I've heard this from multiple parents. One parent posted it on our board uh, about after games, the kids still can't even see their parents. There's a literal barrier up between where the parents are and the family members are and the players to the, so that the players cannot get near their family so that they stay, you know, X number of feet away. There's barriers in the parking lot. There's barriers around the buses on away games so that they can't be near their families. That's tough. You, you know, you, you again, these players – they get a lot. They get a scholarship. They get treated like royalty around the school and all that stuff. But it, it's still that doesn't make you know the other stuff not hard. And, and you know, try to imagine being away, being an eighteen-year-old kid away from home for the first time ever, and then any opportunity during the middle of a pandemic, and the only opportunity you get to see your family, they have to stand twenty feet away with a mask on, and you have to scream to try to talk to them, it, and and then do that for nine months. And then be like, hey, you're going to get five days off, and then we got to come back and do it all again in the spring. That's that's tough. 
that's a hard thing to handle. Yeah, let's let's get on the football stuff here in a second. But I just want to say this: like, there's a great logic to the the, the statement, the belief, the practice that they're better off under the university umbrella. Nobody argues that credibly, correct? Right. I think that completely overlooks the fact that kids want to be kept underneath the umbrella. I don't think that they want to after a while. They're, they're college kids on campus. They did not sign up for this. Hey, free books, free tuition, free shoulder pads, free eye black. You're playing college football. We were playing college basketball. Cool. By the way, you can't leave. You're sequestered. Can't hang out with your friends. Can't go out and get pizza. Um, I, that, that's, that To say one totally obscures the other. Like, I don't think the players really want to do this anymore. And I think you're going to see a lot of stories written about this. And I think you're going to see a lot of players come out and talk about it and give their testimonials about what this was like and how much it sucked. You're not going to say it during the season because you're not going to rock the boat. Um, the very best teams, the very best players are are going to sing by the campfire. You know, they're just going to do that because they want to get through it. They're going to put their head down and go and they're committed to it. You'll see outliers, sure. And there probably have been some of those during the season. Mostly players who backed out, opted out because they didn't want to do this anymore. And you saw a lot of players, even in the last 10 days, opt out. You saw teams opt out. BC said no thank you to a bowl game. Boston College said no thank you to a bowl game. They probably would have gotten into one. And, and, their, and their reasoning was exactly what we're talking about. So they, they pulled the players, and the players are like, we just want to go home for Christmas. Yeah. They just want to go and, home. Yeah, and then so, – so let's get into what happens now for, for football. By the way, signing day is within the seven-day window that they can't do team activities. What happens on Wednesday, Chris? And then how do they how do they go to the finish line? This is a critical time where you know this. They're inside of rooms together. They're around tables together. One person's making a phone call, and two people are cheering them on. Um, you're going to have multiple people on a Zoom with a coach. I don't know, two assistants and a player that they're trying to get. A lot of this stuff is cooperative work toward the finish line to get people there with them, to keep them, or to add them to the class. They can't do that. They, they can't be in the team facility, correct? Right. I don't think so. I don't think I don't know the exact rules about it, whether or not they're allowed in their office, like singularly, like, you know, like if Neil Brown just says, hey, I want to go into my own office by myself, not a meeting or anything. I just like to go into my office. I don't know if they're allowed to do that, but it's been stressed to me before that something very different with this staff is that everyone is involved in all of the recruiting. Um like most colleges, and you know, it was under Dana, it was like a, a different way, and and Dana did it like most colleges. So this isn't a knock on Dana. It's not saying he they they did it wrong or anything, but it was a lot of times where a position coach, like say, let's just say, the running backs coach has no idea who's being recruited for safety unless that safety is in their recruiting area. No clue. And the linemen don't know who's being, you know, offensive line coach doesn't know who's being recruited for quarterback unless it's in their area, but. Under Brown, they made it a a point that basically every single person on staff knows who's being recruited for what positions. They know who the top targets are. They talk to the top targets whenever those targets are coming to town or doing Zoom calls, virtual visits, whatever. And so, like you said, they can't be in the same room. So are are we going (laughs) to – the ultimate uh, gallery view on Zoom with 22 staff members, you know, assistant coaches, GAs, and – recruiting re- recruiting staffers and everything else trying to do a zoom call with one kid uh instead of everybody being in a room together or something it, it it's it's difficult but the good news is they did all that work early they did all, all sorts of work early it, it i you know 
There's 16 kids committed in his class. Neil Brown says they're going to sign between 16 and 19. So it's mostly done. There's a couple kids, and, and we've detailed them on the board about who West Virginia is trying to flip because basically every single target except one is is, recruit, is committed to other schools. But they put in a lot of that work early, so hopefully it won't have too big of an impact in these last handful of days. I'm curious about this because they say team activities, including workouts and Saturday's game. You're not doing film. You're not doing, you know, weightlifting. You're not doing practice games, obviously. But, like, there, there's formative stuff they want to do. Like, you know, you can get ready. They're not getting ready for a bowl game or an opponent or anything like that. They're pro- they probably would have given the team this week off anyway. So is it a loss of a productive time? Probably not. But what do you do? Like, that's the big thing on Wednesday. So I, I, I'll ask some questions today and try to get to the bottom of that. Like, what exactly are the parameters and the restrictions, too? Um, but then we get this, too. You've talked to some people. They can fill you in about this. They're due back a week from today. They could play in a bowl game as early as the 26th, as late as the 31st. They're intent on playing in one of three. They discussed that with the team. We reported this yesterday, but there's three games, one in Dallas, one in Memphis, and one in Phoenix, 26-29-31, I believe. Maybe 26-31-31. I don't have it in front of me. But one of them is definitely on the 26th. Yeah. And they can't say yes to the game if their team is scattered around the country and has to come back in quarantine. So they're coming back on Friday. These kids are probably spending Christmas on campus, right? Yeah, so they they are required to report back by uh, Thursday evening, five p.m. Thursday, and then they're going to start their first you know team activities the next day on Friday the eighteenth. So, you know, one week from ne- you know the one week from the first day that they start activities is Christmas Day, and and then the next day is bowl is could be the bowl game. That's Saturday the twenty sixth, the one you mentioned. I think that's the first responders bowl, mm-hmm. um, and, and that's definitely one of the options. If that's the case, yeah, they're going to be, you know, because I don't even, how is this going to work where, because if they're scattered a, a, away and they come back, I thought they had to quarantine for a couple of days before they could even get started on practice. And then, I, you know, the, the math's not adding up for me. If they come back the 17th and then they're supposed to quarantine for two or three days or whatever it is and, and get negative tests, then... You know, you're talking. You're not having true practices till the 21st, and then you're having a game on the 26th with Christmas jammed in the middle there. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, I mean, to be blunt, that sucks. That sucks. I would not be happy about that if I were on the team. Well, I would be very surprised if they treat the bowl games this year like they do a normal bowl game and they go a week before, because you're not doing any of the team activities. You're not going to some right. amusement park. You're not going to some dinner theater with the other team and then having who can eat the most chicken wings contest. You're not doing that stuff. <laughs> I could see them leaving the day before the game like a regular road trip, which means you're traveling on Christmas Day. Um, I, I've covered these games before when the game is 26th, 27th, and young players especially, but some players are miserable. And you can see it on the field, and that's, that'll be tough. I just think after this season, it's going to be even harder, which leads me to this too. You're going to see players opt out. Maybe you already have. You're going to see players who decide that their career is done. I'm a senior. I'm out of here. I'm not coming back or I'm going pro. I'm not going to play in this game. I think you're going to see people who are underclassmen who are going to be on the 2021 roster who aren't going to play in the game. Um, that's a third type of opt out here. I think you're going to see freshmen or sophomores and guys who start or play and just say, this is enough. I, I don't care about playing some team from the American conference in Dallas. I'm out. Um, I think people probably should be prepared for that. Yeah. It's going to be the, the, First thing mentioned to me when I was speaking with somebody 
close to the program, we'll put it that way, was all these guys are going to go home. What 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 this person was concerned about was, you know, this break here, this week where they're pausing activities and, and healthy players can, you know, do, I don't want to say do whatever they want, but they're not under very strict protocols from the school or anything. The, the, the concern is that they're going to get this week off. They're going to go back. They're going to accept a bowl game. Everyone's going to come back and report on Thursday, test on Friday, and then they're going to have to cancel the bowl game because everybody, nobody's following protocols anymore. And if everybody remembers, the time when West Virginia struggled the most with positive tests was that first week when everyone came back from home. You know, again, this was my argument of why being under the umbrella was safer for them because, uh, because when they were home and they didn't have the restrictions, you know, they got a little loose, loose with, with, with their actions, got a little unsafe and, and came back and had positive tests. They had, yeah. I think that final, the number we ended up with was like 28, 29. Mm-hmm. I think when, when you and I were trying to do the math on it with the, the announcements and that all, all of those came within the first couple of weeks of them returning to campus. So, I mean, what are, what are we doing here? Sending them home, letting them run loose, and then they're going to come back, and they're going to there's going to be positive tests again. I think so. I, th- I think there's some real concerns that it's going to start, stop, start, stop, start, and stop again. Mm-hmm. I think bowls are announced on the twentieth, and there's a game on the twenty sixth. Yeah, like so, it could be that fast. So I, it's it's going to be strange. So those are questions we had to have answered, and I've asked I asked Huggins, you know, what do you do? You don't you play the twenty second and the 29th and not in between, provided that. They don't, they don't add a game in there or lose a game, too. And what do you do? And he said, I don't know. I'm going to have to look into it. I got two games this week. I'm going to try to figure it out. And that's that's how fluid this is. And I think how how secondary the thought about the student athlete is here. So I, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to um, to see what happens here. Uh, so, Chris, how was your Thursday? You, you typically have a, a standing date on Thursdays, and you let me steer the ship for a couple hours. And uh, back-to-back weeks, that ship has... It's just darted toward, or I guess twice in three weeks, that ship has darted towards the, actually, you know what, three straight weeks, yeah, right toward the iceberg when I've had my hands on the steering wheel. Yeah, it, <clears throat> on Thursdays, I'm, I'm trying to help my my in-laws business get into the 21st century. Uh, got some, some uh, business that they run, and it's all, it, Mike, when was the last time you saw like a, a full-on ledger for paychecks, like payroll checks, like the, the big book that you open up? And it's got the huge checks in it, and, and you rip it off, and it leaves a little stub there. Probably like, the last time I watched Christmas Carol. <laughs> so that was that was what was in place when they asked me to help them, you know, get them on QuickBooks and do things with the computer and stuff. And I said, "Oh boy!" So I've been helping out with that on Thursdays, some day, uh, like for the last what month or two, I guess it's been. Um, I mean, it's been longer than that, but then I had to take a break because of the pandemic and back at it the last month or two and yeah it's it's like what are you doing and i'm i'm texting i had to go on they they called me from oklahoma city on the radio and i'm calling you i'm calling up on slack josh up on slack and trying to get newsletters out stories out and yeah wednesdays and thursdays have not been uh very kind to us lately do a little timeline here because it's infuriating you'll probably laugh (laughs) some people will too people like to know how the journalism stuff works um Last week, we knew that they had issues. We reported on that stuff about the number of players. We saw some players who didn't play. We're assuming it's because of them. We saw some other players who were in uniform but didn't play. 
And we also, in our reporting last week about the Iowa State game, learned that they were going to be short on players for Oklahoma. Um, we can look at the snap counts and the playing time from the Iowa State game and figure out not only who didn't play, but who barely played, who was limited perhaps to just special teams. And Neil Brown said that, yeah, we just we weren't sure who was going to be available either week. So we had to do different things like, I don't know, play an even front, not use our bandits, stuff like that. So it's been pretty much something we've been checking in on all season. You've been pretty good about, hey, the team is getting on the plane. That means they're going to actually have a game. Just just keep in touch with our contacts. Well, Sunday, the word got to me. They were concerned because they hadn't traveled since the day of the Texas game. And that's a long time. And again, that, that this is like when things started to heat up. It just did. So they hadn't traveled since the Texas game. They were home a lot. And they were just worried about, I'm guessing no one said this, but just when when they say that first road trip, who knows? You're worried about airplanes and hotel rooms and small meeting spaces and small eating spaces and locker rooms that aren't as big and spacious when you're the visitor. The exact same things that Baylor brought up, uh, complained about. That's probably a better word. The exact same things that Baylor complained about. Rightly so, it turned out, because you come back... And they were they were they were concerned, and then they found out right away they had some issues. Um, seven positive tests, around two dozen players in addition who were contact traced. So you're talking in excess of probably thirty people who weren't going to be available. And you're talking when I say like the two dozen people, you're talking scholarship players. That's a big chunk of your eighty-five, and West Virginia is probably not quite at eighty-five. So you're looking like I don't know. 30% of your available roster isn't there. Probably more than that, right? Yeah. A big chunk of your available roster isn't there. And not only that, but they were they were hit hard at three positions. I don't know if it's the Big 12's threshold positions. You have to have seven offensive linemen, four interior defensive linemen, and one quarterback. I don't know. But I just heard that they had three positions they were alarmed about and just said, we can't do this. I don't know if they – and you also have to have some combination of 53 scholarship and or um, – Walk-ons. I don't know what happened there. I think they probably were okay with 53. The three positions were the big one. And you could fill me in on this, Chris. This turned Thursday morning, which is why we hadn't really had our feelers up on this Wednesday, Thursday morning until right about noon, where I'm texting you going, man, I think this game is off. And right when I got word and I had a Zoom going on with Huggins starting at 1230, and I'm writing an article about how the game is off, we get the press release from the university that says the game is off, which is just that'll ruin my week, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. But what happened Thursday morning that that brought this from you know whispers and not even on our plate to what actually happened Thursday? Yeah, so I, I, I you know when I was following up with people, I said I, I told them the numbers. They said, yeah, you know, the thing was it was five and about five positives and like twelve other tracings which was bad but they were still intent west virginia was still intent on playing that they were going to play very shorthanded just to get the game in because they wanted to play that badly but then on thursday morning so those tests that come on monday most of them come on the results get back by wednesday sometimes they kind of you know there's a there's a, a lag on some of them and then two more positives came in very early thursday morning and those two positives then hit, you know, another 10 people in contract tracing. And like you said, that's where we get the number of seven positives and and two dozen other contact trace players for a total of, of 30, 30 plus. 
Um, and that's once you get to, I mean, if you're talking one out of every three players, three scholarship players or more than one out of every three scholarship players is out. You're just not that that's not feasible. I don't, I don't care. I mean, we've seen, we've seen some teams play with very few numbers, but again, it, it depends on what, what you're getting hit at. If, if you're, a bunch of your third teamers and and special teams guys are getting hit, you might be able to make it work. But if you've just lost your whole quarterback room, you know, this isn't the NFL where they're going to make you pull up a wide receiver and play quarterback like they did to the Broncos. If your quarterback room's out, that's it. If what were the, what were the other spots, offensive linemen and interior defensive line, right? You know, it, it's, it's not hard to get below those numbers, especially on the offensive line. That's been, and, and I, to be very clear, I have not heard what positions they are. I quite frankly don't care. Um, I'm picking offensive line because that's been the spot that has really shut down a lot of games this year uh, because of the contact tracing aspect of it, because offensive linemen get down and get in the trenches and get close to each other and stay close for long periods of time. And so that knocks out a lot of people on contact tracing. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Coaches say contact tracing. Uh, my understanding is that maybe the, the definition has expanded a little bit. And, and Brown and Huggins separately have talked about how prohibitive that is and how that's, that's a big number of it. Seven's, a, seven's kind of a big number for like seven yeah. positive tests. I think that's, that's concerning. But you're talking another you know, two, three, four times that number are people who were just in the vicinity of someone, you know, or were roommates, had dinner with them, played the same position. And that can be... That can be tough too. Um, game is canceled. Uh, it didn't take long for people to fire off the uh, "it's been real" tweets. What do you make of the the parade of players who said "it's been real" in a tweet? My first comment is for the aspiring reporters out there: don't take a tweet and give it your own spin on it and report that as facts. Um, we saw that just minutes ago. And I wrote a story about it, about Mike Brown posted a video this morning. Uh, He posted something yesterday, too, I believe. But he posted something this morning basically saying, you know, West Virginia, best three days of his or best three years of his life. And, you know, a thank you to 
the fans and all that stuff. And people are like, oh, he's done. He's gone. Um, I've reached out to someone close to Brown. And the actual story is, yeah, he's not going to take them up on the NCAA up on the extra year. Not going to be back for a sixth year. But he does intend to play in a bowl game if West Virginia accepts an invitation and is capable of playing. So his career is not necessarily over at West Virginia. Um, and, you know, other people posted stuff. TJ Simmons, Chase Barrett, all senior guys that we are watching for, hey, these guys are potential candidates to take the NCAA up on that sixth year. Don't know. You know, everybody's situation is a little bit unique and different. Um, and, you know, I, I, I just caution everybody to say, hey, just let's see what they actually mean by that. Because not a single one of them has said, well, that was the last time I'm suited up. Thanks. They all just said, you know, thanks for a great time and love West Virginia. Right. I'm very surprised this slip very, very manicured social this is, media. This is like, nice word. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like they, they have all this stuff where they, they carefully mess it up. I'm telling you, they have like they have programs where they send players photos and say, Here's a good picture of you. Tweet out something about the team, the game, you know, we need you in, in the stands, whatever, whatever the numbers are or whatever the, the theme or uh, um, promotion was back in the day when they actually did stuff like that. Or even this year, too, like you'll see a player tweet out a photo, but it's been sent to him on a little program they have. And like they get to put the text in and, and tweet it out. And it's very convenient and easy. I'm surprised that they put these things out that were just kind of ubiquitous. And I wonder if that's just like players being like enough, just like uh, just so much hands on and med- things like that. I just want to like speak my mind and do my thing. Of course, having a video means you probably got some help with that too, and they probably know what's coming. But um, I know I just a lot of stuff is going to happen in short tenure here. I think that they'll just probably make this this whole bowl thing seem really strange. I guess, and and, and who knows? We'll probably have a lot of answers to questions we didn't even know. But you're going to see a lot of people just kind of I think pull the lid off of this and just tell you what it was like and show you what it was like. And I don't think it'll be ugly or anything like that, but it'll probably be illuminating, make people understand um, quite a bit too. Um, do you no, think just, it was telling strange. how quickly all these posts came out? Uh, yeah, like, were they ready? Were they waiting? <laughs> I mean, I guess they, they probably, you know, the release came out at 1230, which, as you noted, just a great timing with all that. 1230, 12.30 Eastern, the release comes out that the game's getting canceled. We found out a few minutes before that. Uh, Bob Huggins started at 1230, I think. I was on the radio in Oklahoma City at 1230. And at 1230, I released how to watch, stream, and listen to West Virginia. <laughs> Oklahoma a very very timely story right there um great times but you know they probably found out earlier in the morning and but still like a lot of guys just saying okay thanks um I don't know what no, negative team meeting 12 30 yeah so they were oh. they were going into a team meeting when this was all coming out they didn't know until the press release came out they, they had they had assumptions they were worried and wondering about it I'm sure about like that I don't know if it was a team meeting in the building or if it was a zoom or something like that but um yeah, I had a meeting at 1230 and had no idea. And then that's when things really started to heat up to you that this was going to not happen and you weren't going to get him. And just, a, I mean, I'll write about this too, but it's the worst ending possible for Brown. So someone who who would like to control as much as he can. It's it's all been taken from him in the past five weeks, maybe. Mm-hmm. And really kind of spins him in the bad direction. And then now, now you get this, like, we have to talk about this. He gets to run into the very thorny patch of what do I do with my defensive staff? I have a number of coaches who were on expiring contracts, which, sure, you, ideally, if you want to, you bring them all back. You might have to have hard conversations. 
either with not bringing somebody back or I can't give you a raise. I can't give you multiple years because the finances are so screwed up. Um, he's going to have to, and that's, that's just not fun. And I'm sure that you'd much rather put that off and, you know, play a game Saturday, get to a bowl game, worry about that. But like, even in between yesterday at noon or 1230 and kick off of whatever bowl game, there's a lot of business he has to do. That's not going to be fun. And here he is kicked right into it now without any of the momentum he wants without answers. I'm sure. Like, I think that game against Oklahoma was going to answer a lot of questions for him positively or negatively about what has to happen next. Because well, I think what happened in Iowa state doesn't happen in a bubble. I don't think you can just say that that was a one-off thing. Yeah. Just getting your, your teeth kicked in was a bad thing. It hadn't happened, but I think you're going to find that there are things that were probably mm-hmm. leaning in that direction a little bit, whether it's personnel or plans or coaching or philosophy or whatever, that just needs to be changed a little bit. For example, we brought up the quarterback thing. I think his comments after the game about quarterback are pretty eliminating when you look at what good quarterbacks have done to his team this year and what his team has not been able to do. And I'm also mad about this too. I had really good stats and stories about Oklahoma. I haven't been able to use yet for two, two full weeks. So we have all these stories queued up for Oklahoma. But one thing this week that I just I didn't notice until I looked into it, Jared Daggy's played 32 games and has finished with positive rushing yardage three times and never more than five yards. You know how hard that is? That's that's I mean, I know they count sacks negatively as Still. negative rushing yards, but that that's that's difficult to do. Well, that means you're not avoiding sacks. Right. And you're not getting away from him to gain yardage to get that yardage back, or whatever. So if you're getting sacked a bunch, you're not being like, I probably should flee the pocket. And that's that's a long time. So these are things you're going to have to look at and look into. And, and uh, again, separate story. It was going to happen eventually. But he's he's in the offseason now. And what do you think he's going to do for the next six days? Nothing? Uh, no it, way. He's going to obsess and pour over the details here and get as much out of this as he can. He he He's the guy that thinks that um, – I'm trying to think of the phrase here. Uh, he thinks that the squeeze is worth the juice no matter what. Like whatever energy he puts into something – what he gets out of it is going to be worth it. And he's got no time now to do anything but like squeeze or take up Huggins on his Christmas shopping advice and go buy his wife <laughs> something pretty and expensive. But what do you think he's going to do, man? He's going to, he's going to sit up and I'm sure he'll do family time stuff, but he's got a bunch of recruiting stuff he's got to do. He's going to be sequestered, we think, and not around like the people he's accustomed to being around this time of year. And those quiet moments and, and, <clears throat> and that time by himself, he's going to be thinking about what do I do now? How do I get ahead of the game? Because, He's he's paused right now, and no one else is. And this is the chance for him to make up a gap, to take empty time and put meaning into it and get something out of it. I think he's going to try to maximize this. So it may be a head start for him. Quick promo. A, an expensive Christmas gift that's not expensive. VIP membership to Ear Sports. Oh. 60% off. 60% off right now. Um, you know, If you missed out on the Cyber Monday deal, it won't get that good again. But... 60% off is pretty darn good, and we're running it through signing day. So hop on it while you can. Hop if on we, it while you can. If we get everybody who downloads this to send us a couple of dollars, not a lot, a couple. I don't want to give out our numbers because it's proprietary, but a couple, not a lot. We collectively could give ourselves a Christmas gift of MayMadness.com. <laughs> throwing it out there a little kickstarter.org yes. we're good and then it, it, consider it an investment we'll all turn around and do this and uh you know you guys can be a part of it too you guys can be a part of may madness uh, i can't believe somebody on... snatched that up before the ncaa i mean i can <laughs> that's true. That's incompetent but i could see ncaa doing may madness.biz if we took it home <laughs> 
they're they're very much a dob is. I I did see MayMadness.club was only ninety nine cents. So oh, you want to? Man, we could do a thing with a T shirt that had like velvet ropes and a, and a red curtain or whatever. Welcome to the May Madness Club. And just May Madness in real big letters, and then dot club like yeah. in very small ones underneath it, just to avoid any uh, legal issues. Oh my god, this may be good. <laughs> well, what am I gonna do for the next week? Nothing. Yeah. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I got the, the the squeezes worth of juice here there too. You go. And then, hey, let's end on good news here. There is a basketball game, um, and Huggins is unrelenting. He's going to play twenty seven. He may schedule thirty five, but he's going to play twenty seven, and he's going to do things like have his team ready to play at three o'clock on like one day's notice against again the the best team out there, the best team available to do this. Like they've really made North Texas seem like a good squad, um, and they might be. They're picked second, I think, in the conference USA poll, but. Let's not act like that. This is going to be a true indication of either team. They're going to be going out there pretty much just playing about themselves and not necessarily what they know or what they anticipate so much about the other team. Uh, pretty cool insight from Huggins and his director of operations, Josh Eilert, yesterday about how they went about doing this and what they're doing on the regular to try to find games or at least openings in case something happens. As you can imagine, it's hard to schedule teams. I think Eilert said 50 or so schools he tried. A lot of them backed out because of finances or the trip or whatever, but a number of them just said, we don't want to play you, <laughs> which is But credit where it's earned here, they don't have to play, especially with a good game coming up on Sunday. They could practice and practice and practice, put all their chips into beating Richmond, but they're going to play. And then they're going to report to the gym again on Saturday and get ready for a game at one o'clock on Sunday. So really not even 48 hours between games. <clears throat> um, a one o'clock game against a good Richmond squad too. This is, um, I'm guessing this will pay off toward the end of the season. That's probably the only reason you do this. Was it two years ago where we talked about how West Virginia had the perfect, I guess scheme is a good word. It sounds negative. It has a negative connotation, but it's scheme. Scheme is the right word. They had the perfect scheme for boosting their RPI, boosting their resume by scheduling these teams like North Texas, like Richmond, that, will probably end up winning 20 games. Well, maybe not in a, in a shortened season, but you know you know what I mean, like 20 games in a regular year. Um, but And be somewhere in that 75 to 100 range. Not too tough that you actually think you're going to lose, but just enough competition that it doesn't look too easy on the resume. I, I think, there you go. Bang, 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 North Texas and Richmond. You, you're back to it because I think, you know, they had a scheme. It was working. And I remember, I think it was two years ago where they started scheduling differently. And we asked, why? Why would you do that? Let's get back to it. And it looks like they are. Yep. I wonder when they go into the meeting room for the committee this year, or the meeting Zoom for the committee, if they, if they look at things like this. And I wonder how you could track this or if they will track this. Like, eh, they only beat North Texas by, by nine. Well, they only scheduled North Texas the day before. Right. <laughs> and by the way, they had to worry about a game two days later against a really good Richmond team. And, and by the way, they didn't have to do this. You know, they could have they could have sat in their hands for a couple of days. You know, give them credit for doing that. And by the way, the same team also went and got Gonzaga because they could. So uh, Huggins thinks he owes it to his team and the fans to do this. I think it's admirable. Um, I, I think I think people are going to pick apart my my questions to him yesterday and my my hey Bob about like what are we doing? Is this worth it? I just simply asked him, like, you know, you have coaches who are saying this might not be the best idea right now. What do you think? And separate from that, like, do you just continue to go on and dodge and evade issues 
and just deal with what they tell you is next. And he pretty much said, like, we have no other choice. That's what we have to do. Like, the alternative is to shut things down and send him home. Um, listen, he's going to – as long as there's basketball, as long as they're telling him you can coach practice and play games, he's going to coach practice and play games. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I think that's that's uh, admirable here. And if you can go out there and, and schedule to get to 27 games, if you can fill gaps with competition, that's good. It's an important time for his team, too. When it gets into the Big 12, I think he's really confident he's got a chance to win this conference or – get a high, high finish and put himself in a really good position for March slash May madness. And it happens now too. I think if you're dormant right now, and if you don't get games in right now, you might be left holding the bag later on trying to figure out why didn't we do that? Why weren't we more proactive? You can be proactive now. You can't be retroactive. Yeah. I think it, this kind of falls into the argument for the, Hey, the players are safer when they're at school than not. And in the bubble of the football program and, and again in the bubble of the basketball program. And if you're not playing games and you're not practicing, then what are they doing? My only issue is the the for instance, the, the big one that bothers me is the Gonzaga thing. Because Gonzaga had tested positive, had players in their travel party test positive just before they played West Virginia. They played a game against Auburn with a guy who tested positive yeah. that day. Not with him, but like he tested positive the day of the game and a staffer, and they ended up playing. Not him, the player who tested positive, but the testing the other, revealed yeah. that. And they played. And and not only that, and then they play West Virginia, and then, what, two days later, they have to cancel a game because of more positive tests within their traveling party? Like that that kind of stuff is what is concerning to me. The, the idea of playing these games, if you can continue to, to test and be safe about it, by all means, that is the best answer. But when you have a team that's testing positive and still playing when, when a guy's testing positive on the team and then traveling and then playing them and then they test positive a couple of days later again, that's where it, you know you raise concerns about how is this working? How are we deciding who's playing and who's not? I mean, if you got guys testing positive on game day in your traveling party, that's a tough sell. Did Richmond shut down because they had one positive test? Am I correct? Uh, I can't remember how many it was, but it was. I don't know. Point is, they shut down their program. Yeah. And then you're allowed to play a game. It's it's. I don't think there's uniformity. We 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 did all this in July. Like it's just there's not a there's not one rule book, one set of rules for testing, for administration of the of the results, whatever. It's it's very confusing. It's very and again, it, it sounds like maybe it's expanding a little bit or it's it's not understood as it comes to contact tracing. That's the big one here that Huggins says maybe it isn't as bad as it seems. I get what he's saying there, but um, I mean this is the hand they're dealt with. And they, this like people can people can complain about the amount of time you have to miss if you have to press pause, if you have to cancel games or postpone games and they could, they could complain about what is contact tracing and what it means and all that. Those are the rules. Like if you wanted to play, you were going to have to play with a rule book. And then that's just kind of what you agree with here. You're going to have to make it work, but we're seeing, we're seeing West Virginia make it work. You know, a team that, that struggled with this earlier on at one time had at one time, one testing five players and the staffer test positive. Um, Huggins says he's had it. Think some other players have have subsequent to that that five and one have had it too, so they understand it's it's serious to them, and and you you kind of heard them all talk about like we don't do anything, we we hang out with each other. If someone wants to do something, we call each other and get a pizza or watch a movie or something like that. We don't do anything else. 
and they weren't enthusiastically saying that. They just kind of seem like they're they're on a mission right now, and you know this will be this will be fun forever long. They win games and continue to play games, but kind of cross your fingers and hope that like whatever happened this week, whatever's happened maybe in the past seven to fourteen days nationally, doesn't expand so much in scope that it gobbles up your team, your season, your winter. That's uh, going to be an important couple weeks here. Uh, I mean, it's been, it's, I feel like we say that every couple of weeks, this is, this is an important couple of weeks for this. There's a couple of important weeks. Um, but you know, like, like you mentioned earlier, you've got back-to-back games here and then there's a stretch coming up where they don't play around Christmas. What are they going to do? Where are they going to go? And, and then back to it. And then, and, and league play starts too. And so, by the uh, way, I think, <laughs> yeah, by, by the way. So it's, it's travel is going to pick up games are going to pick up. And then holidays are here, and, and all that's a recipe for for more disruption. So, next couple of weeks is just as important as the last couple of weeks. Yep. So I'm gonna close my eyes and and just pound on the keyboard for a little bit and try to write something that doesn't have to do with the Oklahoma Sooners um, basketball game. Three o'clock today. Somebody will be there watching. Hopefully, right? Weird time yeah. during the day, but. Not sure how or why they agreed on that. I'm just guessing that West Virginia didn't, didn't want to play a seven o'clock game and then play a one o'clock game Sunday. So probably a mutually agreed upon time there. But we'll have that. We'll have stuff in between the two basketball games, and then we'll we'll try to pluck out some news or details or explanations for what's happening with football and what happens now. But um, back to normal-ish beginning of next week, and then on into signing day on Wednesday. Yeah, as I said, we're going to have several signing day updates in the next few days. Uh, some good news on the message board. If you're a VIP member, go check it out. Country Roads Confidential. Um, some big news on, on a couple guys that were being a, a poached by other programs, including a recent commit for West Virginia that had an SEC school banging down his door trying to get him to flip before Wednesday. Um, he responded to me the other day about what's going on and what his plans are. So we'll continue to have updates on all that. And, and, and like you said, We'll get around to, I don't want to say recapping the football season because there still is the potential for a bowl, but we'll look back on some things and, and then turn a lot of our focus back to recruiting and basketball. By the way, the audacity of that particular SEC program to start poaching players. <laughs> and I'm wondering if it's because that team is losing players probably pretty rapidly. Yeah. Hey, so. hey. Oh, we don't have our guys. Let's go get their guys though instead. Hey. Keep on going, guys. For as long as they let you, keep on going. Yeah. All right. That'll wrap it up. Until next time, I am Mike Casaza. And I'm Chris Anderson. We'll talk to you later.